2: ministering the blessings of covenant this is walter and sandy fox from love savers ministry called by god to minister the blessings of the marriage covenant by enriching encouraging strengthening and praying for the healing of marriages especially marriages in crisis this is walter and sandy fox from love savers radio what does your earthly marriage have to do with your eternal destiny how does god see the marriage covenant How can you transform a troubled marriage or a marriage in crisis to a marriage blessed by God? You can find answers to these questions and much more in our new book, Return to the Wife of Your Youth. What God has joined together, let no man separate. This new book, Return to the Wife of Your Youth, is our personal testimony of the mercy of God in restoring a broken marriage after seven years of divorce. We were married for nine years without the Lord in our marriage, and like thousands of couples, we experience the devastation of divorce. For us, it happened in our ninth year of marriage. This divorce lasted seven years until God had mercy on us and healed our marriage. We have been remarried for over 33 years, serving the Lord and ministering to troubled marriages and marriages in crisis. This new book, Return to the Wife of Your Youth, Inspired by the Holy Spirit is an encouragement to any marriage that needs a touch from the Lord. It will renew a blessed hope to the reader and provide faith in God's desire to make your marriage a blessed marriage that will bring joy to the heart of God. Order your copy today. Go to Amazon.com and request our new book, Return to the Wife of Your Youth, published by Westbow Press, a division of On van. Once again, go to Amazon.com and order this faith-filled book that will bring a renewed hope for your marriage. Our website is www.lovesaversministry.com and our email address is lovesavers1 at AOL.com. God bless you.
1: Let's talk about marriage. This is Sandy Fox from Love Savers Ministry inviting you to call us today if you want prayer for your marriage. We pray for the healing of marriages, especially those in crisis. We have faith that God can heal marriages because God healed ours after seven years of divorce. Gary Chapman, the author of *The Five Love Languages*, said this about Love Savers Ministry.
0: And let me encourage you in what you're doing because I think these kind of shows, which deal with really nitty-gritty stuff in relationships, can uh-huh. really help the listeners.
1: So we're here to help. Call us today at six. 631 6397 That's 631 6397 or email us at Lovesavers1 at AOL.com. Our website is lovesaversministry.com. And remember, love never fails.
2: Today's guest author is Dr. Gary Chapman. Dr. Chapman is the best-selling author of the five love languages and the director of Marriage and Family Life Consultants. His newest book called Anger, Taming a Powerful Emotion. Dr. Chapman asks the question, are you handling your anger or is your anger handling you? Dr. Chapman says that anger is a reality of life, but it doesn't have to control our lives. In his new book, Dr. Chapman explains how to control anger and use it for good. He also offers helpful and sometimes surprising insights into why you get angry and what you can do about it. Dr. Chapman uses real-life examples of transformed lives and relationships in his book. Today, Sandy talks with Dr. Chapman about his newest book, Anger, Taming a Powerful Emotion. Let's listen.
1: Hi, Dr. Chapman.
0: Hello, Sandy. How are you?
1: All right. We are going to discuss your latest book, thank you so much, Anger, Taming a Powerful Emotion. And Dr. Chapman, in your book, Anger, you say that it's not wrong to get angry, it's what you do with it. And as Christians, this is the opposite of what many of us grew up believing. Can you explain what scripture has to say about anger?
0: I think I think you're exactly right, Sandy. A lot of Christians feel like uh, anger, any kind of anger, is always wrong. Should not Christians should not feel angry? Uh, but you know, in Ephesians chapter four and verse twenty-six, uh, Paul said, "Being angry, sin not. Or when you are angry, sin not." Uh, Notice carefully. He didn't say it's wrong to feel angry. He just said when you're angry, don't sin. It is terribly easy to sin when you're angry, (laughs) and all of us have experienced that, Uh and, uh, you know, mismanaged anger has destroyed many, many families, Uh, so, uh, but I think we have to start with the biblical concept that anger is an emotion. And emotions come and go based on circumstances and around us. And there's nothing
1: us. right we can do about emotions,
0: right? right. They just come, right.
1: as you said, and go, right?
0: Yeah.
1: How can anger actually do good?
0: Well, I think anger is designed of God to motivate us to make efforts to set things right. I think we feel angry when in our mind we encounter something that we believe to be wrong. The uh, same reason God gets angry. And the Bible says of God in Psalm 711, God is angry with the wicked every day. God feels angry when he sees people violating the, the principles he's laid down for us to live by. And the reason God gets angry is because he loves us. And he knows he's given us these principles that are going to make for the good life. And when we violate it, we hurt ourselves, we hurt everybody around us, we hurt the kingdom of God. And so God experiences anger, the Bible says. And I think we experience anger for the same reason. Uh, We're made in God's image. We have a concern for right. And when our sense of right is violated, then we feel angry. You know, uh, why why do men get angry with their wives? (laughs) Because in his mind, she's not treating him fairly. Now, his mind may not have the right perception, but, you know, and why do people, why do we get angry when someone steals our car? Because it's wrong to steal. So I think the anger is designed of God to motivate us to try to right the wrongs in the world. Uh, If you look at uh, all great social reform through the years, it's taken place in response to anger. Uh, Take the organization uh, Mothers Against Drunken Driving, the mad organization. Where did it come from? Mothers got angry that people under the influence of alcohol would be driving, would kill a child, and get a $300 fine and be driving again in a month. And mothers said, this is not right. And their anger led them to organize. They sat in the courtrooms and eyeballed the judges, and the last 15 years, the penalty for driving under the influence has gone up in this country because some mothers got mad. So I think that's the purpose of anger is to motivate us to try to right things in the world.
1: And to do good. Can you talk about the difference between definitive anger and distorted anger, good anger versus bad anger?
0: Yeah, and I think, I think this, is the, this is why there's some misunderstanding among Christians about anger itself. You know, whatever God has done, Satan always tries to distort, and the same thing is true with anger. Satan tries to use our anger, uh, this, this sense of right that we have, he tends to distort that so that, we often get angry simply when people don't do things our way or they don't do it on our timetable or they don't do what we think they ought to do. It has nothing to do with right and wrong morally, but it's that same mechanism in the mind. If I perceive that it's wrong, then I'm going to feel angry. And that's why I think a lot of our anger uh, falls in the category of what I'm calling distorted anger. Uh, uh, it's it 's a distortion of what is right, and consequently it 's very selfish it 's very self centered a lot of anger in the family falls in this category you know uh, my wife um, let's say she forgets to do something that she told me she was going to do today, and she and I find out she didn 't do it, and I get angry now why did I feel angry because in my mind, she did wrong, she let me down, she told me she was going to do it, and she didn 't do it well likely, she's going to say to me when I share that with her, she's going to say, oh, honey, I am so sorry. Totally forgot it. Forgetting is not a sin. Right. Forgetting is human. We all forget. Right. But you see, in my mind, I sensed that she had done me wrong. And so that's distorted anger because it's not, she did no moral wrong. She simply didn't do what I thought she should do, and she forgot about it. Right. it's perfectly human.
1: So we have to really investigate and do a little research rather than just immediately reacting in anger, right? Because if we do that, we might find out information that would change the distortion, right? It wouldn't be distorted anymore. We have to realize that. What's the best way to deal with explosive and implosive anger situations?
0: Well, these are two opposite responses to anger, and people fall in different categories. Some people, the pattern they've developed through the years is when they feel angry, they explode. It may be verbal explosion, or it may be physically, they start throwing things or hitting things. Or it may be implosion, in which they hold the anger inside. And many Christians fall in this category. They know they don't want to explode. They've maybe done that in the past, they don't want to do that. So they just hold the anger inside. And if you hold anger inside long enough, it'll be a major explosion down the road somewhere. Uh, and I think some Christians feel like they're doing the Christian thing when they hold the anger inside. They say, well, I'm just going to accept it. I'm just going to go on. I'm going to go on. But the Bible says in that very same passage when he says, uh, when being angry, don't sin. He also says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. In other words, we're supposed to process anger rather quickly. And now, I guess if you get angry after dark, you, you, you it would give you till midnight, okay? <laughs> but the idea is, we're supposed to process anger. Anger was designed to be a visitor, not a resident.
1: That's a good and when way. When
0: we of hold it. anger inside, then we're, we're setting ourselves up for trouble.
1: Because what kind of things can happen when we hold anger inside?
0: I think one of two things we can either one day have a major explosion in which we lash out and do something really radical and very destructive, or we end up having what commonly is called a nervous breakdown. You know, we get to the place where emotionally we can't handle it anymore, and we go into depression, and we get to where we just can't function in life. Uh, And and obviously both of those are detrimental to to life. So we have to learn how to process anger in a, in a healthy way and in a timely manner.
1: Right, and sometimes there's even suicide as a result, isn't there?
0: It is, and yes, that would be that would be the, the kind of the end sometimes for people who go into depression. They get the feeling like there's no hope, the whole world is wrong, everybody's against me, nothing is right in the world, and yet they begin thinking in terms of I just need to get out of here. Right, and, and obviously, again, that's extremely tragic. That's why. Uh, we really have to help people process anger, uh, in a positive way.
1: Amen. How can people begin to deal with long-term anger?
0: You know, I think long-term anger, uh, held inside for a long time. Um, and, and we're, we're, we're coping with life. We're not exploding and we're not, uh, imploding. We're coping with life pretty well. In fact, maybe we're very successful in our business, uh, but then something happens. Something triggers all the hurt that we've had through the years, because that's where long-term anger comes from.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Our mom and dad did something horrible to us. Uh, you know, maybe there was a divorce. Maybe they were physically abusive to us. We came through all of that. You know, now we're strong. We're going to make a make a go at life, and we, uh-huh. we we're driven people. Uh, but something happens along the way, and then we begin to overreact to little things. I sometimes say to people, if you're the kind of person, you're sitting at a traffic light in your car, and the light turns green, and the person in front of you doesn't move immediately, and you blow the horn, mm-hmm. there's a good chance you have anger, long-term anger inside. You're taking, you're overreacting to the person in front of you. And sometimes we become critical spouses, critical children. We kick the cat. We kick the dog. Right. We overreact to little things. And that's a sign of long-term anger. The way to handle it, I think, is first of all to admit it. Sit down with God and say, Lord, I know I've struggled with this for a long, long time. I've been hurt. I've I've had a lot of anger growing up. Many people have hurt me in my life. And what I want to do is, first of all, remember those things. And I suggest they take a sheet of paper, write down the name, right. my father, my mother, and just list the things that come back to their mind where their parents hurt them and any, anyone else. And then take that list of hurts to God and say, Lord, you know, I never dealt with this. I never talked to my parents about it. I tried one time and my dad told me to shut up. And so I just clammed up. And what I want to do is give all my hurt and all this anger over to you. And I want to turn the folks who have done me wrong, I want to turn them over to you. You are a loving God and you are a just God. And I want to turn them over to you and release my anger to you. I want to be free. I don't want to live with this in my life any longer. It's that kind of experience with God that frees a person from long-term anger.
1: Hmm. How does forgiveness play a role in moving on from anger?
0: Well, I think when, when there's been a genuine wrong committed, we have a right to be angry. And, uh, and, and Jesus said very clearly, if someone wrongs you, mm-hmm. uh, in Luke 17, verse 3 and 4, if someone wrongs you, he says you you confront them. Uh, the, the English word is rebuke, you rebuke them. Right. The word literally, literally means to put a weight upon it's like putting a paperweight on a stack of papers. you, you confront them, you, you, you say to them I'm, I'm feeling angry and here, here's why I'm angry and, and you try to neg- you try to share it with them. And hopefully if, if they've done wrong they will acknowledge that they've done wrong in Jesus and if they repent, you forgive them. So uh, you know and, and that forgiveness is always a Christian response to an apology. Uh, you know, God forgives us when we confess our sins, and we forgive others when they apologize to us. We must be free and ready to forgive, just as God is. Right. And so forgiveness is a key issue in resolving the issue, because uh, if I'm not willing to forgive you, then our relationship still has a barrier there, and it's not going forward. So forgiveness is a, is a godly response to, a, to an apology.
1: You do emphasize, um, as I recall in the book, about repentance, though, how necessary that is, repentance. So if there is no repentance, what would you say?
0: Well, the biblical pattern is, you know, you go to them. If they don't repent, Matthew 18, Jesus said, go back to them again, take someone with you, go back again and confront them. If they still don't repent, he said, you take it to the church. Tell, tell some leaders in the church, they send somebody with you from the church to represent the church. You confront them again. If they still don't repent, he said, treat them as a pagan. He didn't say forgive them. He said, treat them as a pagan. What do we do with pagans? We pray for pagans. We love pagans. We return good for evil, Jesus said. Uh, we do whatever we can to help them. And we're hoping that the day will come, that they will repent, and we can forgive them. But until then, we release the person to God, and we and we release our anger. And we don't live with the anger. We let it go, and we, we let the person go. But we're continuing to pray for them and doing whatever we can to be kind and loving to them, hoping that they will come to repentance.
1: Amen. Unresolved anger in a marriage can lead to resentment toward one another. What are key things to remember and apply when dealing with anger toward your spouse?
0: Well, I think this is very common, that we feel angry between the husband and wife. Mm -hmm. And again, it starts with the fact that in our mind, our spouse is not doing what they should be doing. They're not living up to their responsibility. And uh, and so we feel angered. We may try to share it with them. We may try to confront them. It ends up in an argument, and therefore we kind of drop it and walk away. But the resentment's there now because I tried to share it with them. They wouldn't listen to me. They wouldn't respond, and now resentment begins to build. And if we don't follow through and go back again after some time, go back again and try to deal with the issue, uh, then we we have deep resentment between the two of us. And then we've got all the other conflicts that arise along the way. And eventually, this is where, Sandy, people begin to think, I have married the wrong person. right? And we're never, we're not compatible. It's not gonna work out. We're never gonna get this together. Uh, It has nothing to do with being incompatible. It has to do with the fact that one of you is not willing to deal with the wrong that was committed and repentance so that you can forgive and the relationship can begin to grow again.
1: Yes. What are steps we can take to help our children learn to process anger?
0: Well, I think uh, this is is extremely important, teaching children how to handle anger, because the pattern they set early in life is going to follow them as they grow up. And, in, in, and if it's a negative pattern then in, in adulthood they're going to have real problems with people in relationships so I think one of the things we do if a, if a child is angry at us as a parent we listen to the child even if they're screaming at us we listen to them we want to hear why they're angry and yes. so they tell us why we, we try to understand it and then we say to them you know I think I see why you're angry and I think if I were your age and I were in this situation, I would probably be angry too. Uh.
1: Now,
0: let me explain to you uh, why I did what I did. And so you listen to them, you affirm their anger, you try to understand their viewpoint, and then you share your viewpoint as a, as a parent.
1: Right. And I love how top, you re, you know, constantly would say, listen, listen, listen
0: uh, yeah. over yeah. and over. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I understand Sandy, some parents yeah. who say, Well I'm not gonna let my I'm not gonna let my teenager or my, my younger child yell at me. Right. I understand that. We we don't want them to yell at us. That's not good.
1: Right. But
0: when they're yelling in anger, that's not the time to say, shut up and go to your room, don't talk to me that way. Brian. We need to listen to them first, deal with the issue, then the next day we go back and say, you know, Johnny, yesterday when you were angry with me, I think we got that resolved. I think I heard you. I think we got it resolved. You feel okay about it? And if they don't feel okay, then you talk about it some more. But then you say, you know what I want us to learn how to do? I want us to learn how to talk to each other when we're angry and not yell at each other. Because you don't like me yelling at you, and I don't like you yelling at me. So let's learn how to talk. So the next time you feel angry with me, you just come and say, Dad or Mom, I'm feeling angry. Can we talk? And I'll sit down and listen to you, and and we'll just talk our way through it. So let's let's see if we can't learn this together. Because, Sandy, to be very honest with you, I I remember a 13-year-old in my office who said, My father yells and screams at me telling me to stop yelling and screaming at him. <laughs> right. You know, a lot of us haven't learned how to handle anger. And we expect our children to be more mature than we are. And, and often as a, as a parent, we may, we have to say to the child, you know, I, I'm sorry, I'm not handling my anger very well. I yelled at you and screamed at you. And parents, parents should not be doing that. And I, I want to apologize to you and ask you to forgive me. And if they see us being really genuine about our own behavior, they're far more likely to learn how to, how to handle anger in a positive way.
1: Right. There are times in our lives when we're angry with God and we blame Him for things that go wrong, and that's yeah. not easy to admit. How can we address our anger with Him and deal with our disappointment?
0: Well, I think we have to, first of all, acknowledge that we do get angry with God. People do get angry with God. There are biblical examples of that. Cain got angry with God because God didn't accept his sacrifice. Jonah got angry with God because God forgave the people. <laughs> he told them, God's going to destroy the city in 40 days. And they repented and God forgave them. And Jonah got mad at God. Mm-hmm. Many times I think we get angry with God when God doesn't do what we think he should do. You know, I've seen this many times, Sandy, in, uh, in illness. A spouse gets ill or a friend gets ill, and we uh-huh. pray for their healing, we pray for their healing,
1: uh-huh. believe
0: God for their healing, and then they die.
1: Uh huh.
0: You know, and we just feel like, God god didn't come through for me. You know, God let me down.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: and and I think, again, there's two kinds of anger with God. Um, I think you know, uh, should, there's only one kind of anger with God. God's anger is always righteous. But uh, we get angry with God, I think, because we have a misperception of things. And uh, we know intellectually that God's not going to heal everybody and we're all going to die. Uh-huh. Uh but, but you know, when we, when it's our family member and we're praying and we, we believe they're too young to die and we're telling God all these things and, and then they die, we do sometimes feel angry with God. And the biblical examples are tell God about it. Yeah, you know, Job did that. You know, <laughs> tell God about it. Just talk to him. You're not going to make God, you're not going to make God angry with you because you're telling God how you feel. But you tell God, you pour it out to God, and then you wait for the still small voice of God. He will hear your cry. He will hear your, your anger toward him. He will listen to you and he may well remind you of some truth that you're not thinking about right now. But you will sense the still small voice of God that says, I'm still with you. I know better than you know. I see things you don't see. My ways are higher than your ways. And and we come, you know, to work through our anger with God.
1: Amen. And things turned around for Job, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Sometimes the biggest hurdle to get over in life is forgiving yourself for past mistakes. What are steps to take that will help change our way of thinking about the past and learn to address failures in a healthy way?
0: Yeah. I do think that we often get angry with ourselves because we know we did wrong, and we, we feel horrible about it. We, we know we've hurt ourselves. We've hurt our spouse. We've hurt our children. We've hurt the church. We've hurt, you know, and we're angry with ourselves about what we did. And, and what I say is, you know, stand in front of a mirror and talk to self. Right. <laughs> to say, self, you did wrong. You really did. This time you did hugely wrong, and you have hurt a lot of people. But look you you've confessed it to God you've accepted God's forgiveness now self let's forgive let's let's forgive ourselves i, I want to forgive you you're talking to yourself i want to forgive Amen. you and you you make a positive choice to forgive yourself for what you've done and that doesn't take away the consequences of what you did right you know people are still hurt and other things are still to be worked through. Uh-huh. but at least you're not beating up on yourself. If a holy God can forgive you for what you've done when you repent, then surely you can forgive yourself.
1: Amen confronting someone who is angry is not really easy and can be dangerous, right? If the person is irate with someone or over something that's been done, what is an effective way to approach someone who is angry,
0: would you say? I think, uh, again, uh, the fundamental response to an angry person is to listen to them. Whether they're an adult, a neighbor who's coming to you because your dog has messed up his flower garden. Or whether it's, you know, a spouse that's coming to you in anger uh, and they're very upset with you. When you encounter an angry person, someone angry at you, the first thing you want to do is listen. And this is not natural. What's natural is to listen to their first few statements and then to say, well, that's not right or I didn't do that. You know, we get into an argument with them. You never resolve anything when you get into an argument with an angry person. What you want to do is listen to them. It may be hard to hear what they're saying and you may not agree with what they're saying, but you need to hear them because they're angry because in their mind you have done them wrong or your dog has done them wrong, you know. And so we want to hear them out and, and try to put ourselves in their shoes and, and we use if we do that. We, we could say to them, honestly, you know, I, I hear what you're saying. I see why you could be angry about this. If I were in your shoes, I probably would be angry too.
1: Do you have any last-minute thoughts to share with our listeners before we leave you well, on that okay. subject?
0: Yeah, I think, I think that is important that we learn how to restrain our response because the Bible says wisdom, a wise man, a wise woman will restrain their response when they're angry. And sometimes people say, well, I can't do that. You know, it just, it just flows out of me. Yeah. And I say, well, you do sometimes. Let's say you're angry with your child and you're saying da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da da-da-da, da-da-da, yeah. and the telephone rings. Yeah, What do you do? Oh, hello, Mary. Oh, yes, we're fine, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> you stopped it in the middle of the flow. Right. We can restrain it. We can. So whether you count whether you count to 100 or whether you go water your flowers. One lady told me she, she goes and waters out. her flowers. Yep. <laughs> but we find a way to do that so we can then Process the anger in a positive way.
1: Well, that's a good reminder. And we thank you so much for your wonderful book, Anger Taming a Powerful Emotion, more wisdom from you and the Lord that we are so grateful for. And we're going to say just for now, goodbye and God bless.
0: Thank you, Sandy. Good to be with you. Thank you, Dr.
1: Chapman. Bye now.